we invite up Alan and Margaret Belton to come share with us. How y'all doing? Y'all can take a seat. Got a microphone for each of you. This is for you. This is for you. How you guys doing? You don't have to say something. You say it. <laughs> you go ahead. You know what? You're supposed to say what? what? Oh, come on, say it better than that. <laughs> I love you. Come on. We love you. Yes, we do. Hey. You know why? Love folks, love folks. Hurt folks, hurt folks. Come on. Should we go home now? <laughs> That's enough, right? That's enough of a thing. We won't go home, though. There's, there's, there's a lot more we got to cover, though. As you two watch that video and you look back at your story, uh, what are your initial reactions? What stands out to you both? Um, maybe about the climate of the time that y'all started mm -hmm. dating, got married? Um, yeah, when, like we, when we decided to get married, um, well, when we share our story with guys your age, everyone says, what's the big deal? You know, well, at the time that we decided to get married, it was nine years before uh, the Central High School in Little Rock was integrated. Um, it was not too many years prior to that that in fact we were when we were married it was still against the law in three or four states there are uh, miscegenation laws which said you couldn't marry someone outside of your race or I mean and that meant for anyone uh, uh, Hispanic Asian any anybody and um, so we were we were breaking the law in, a, in essence in a, in a few states had we had we been there but we didn't, we ourselves were in love and we didn't even realize the impact of, you know, what really was going to happen if we did get married. And a lot of things did happen and they were tumultuous times. The Vietnam War was around, uh, we met the same week that President John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Um, Martin Luther King was, was heading up the civil rights movements and there was the um, Bloody Sunday in um, Selma and so these are things that were happening at the time that we decided to get married so it was a tumultuous time what, what were some of the reactions that shocked you the most from y'all deciding to get married well you know um, it was kind of, it wasn't I knew uh, that uh, when, when I met the girl, she was the one. <laughs> and I wasn't trying to prove anything. I just simply saw someone. In fact, when I, when I came home and told my mother I had met this, well, back that day we said fine. She was fine. Fine. <laughs> And so she said, my mother said to me, who was, you know, a, a strong Christian woman, 
She said to me, you marry that white girl, she gonna mess up your ministry. <laughs> and I thought about that because I respected her. We were good friends, Rena. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, all the years you've taught me that God's no respect a person, is that not true? Uh, when the children of Israel wanted to get on Moses because he married that Cushite, the North African woman, God withdrew his spirit from Israel until they repented and spoke with leprosy. I went right through the Bible with her. I said, well, if you say so, I'll marry whoever you want me to marry. She can have polka dots. Uh, she could be red or uh, yellow or whatever. And, and, but I'll tell you one thing, Mom. You've got to give us an annual living rate. And each year I want to have a cost of living increase. <laughs> if you really mean that. She went away. Maybe two weeks later she came back to me with tears in her eyes. She said, would you forgive me, son? Of course. She said, I told you to find someone that would love you and put up with the bad and the good. God bless her. She went, when she met Margaret, she told her about all the bad <laughs> and some good. So it was, it was out of that that I was really a test because this is a woman that, well, back in the day, uh, your mama, if, if somebody was using some bad drugs and said, he's, he's drinking that fight your mama stuff. You didn't fight your mama. You, you respect your mama at all costs. So when she said that to me, the magnitude, what she said just shook me to, to make a decision. It Was it righteous or wrong? And she came back to say, it asked my forgiveness. And uh, Chris, she paid for all the wedding. Wow. Margaret's family, I'll let you tell that. <laughs> well, when I told my, you saw in the video, my, I told my parents that I was, wanted to marry Al. I call him Al. Um, they literally disowned me, and we didn't see them for 10 years. Um, so they missed out on a, a lot of, uh, they missed out on the wedding, of course. Nobody from my family was there. Um, we didn't see them. They missed out on, we have four children, so they missed out on the early years of, of grandparenthood. Uh, our kids missed out on some what could have been really great grandparents. Um, but Al's mother, he's, he's absolutely right. She was a jewel, and the mother that I didn't have, she became. And uh, she was such a blessing to us. But we didn't enter into this um, relationship as experts or trying to prove anything. We just fell in love. And, and to me, when I, we, we spent some time just thinking about this, and we even took a year apart from each other to see if this is really what God wanted for us. And I said, how can I let something as superficial as skin determined my future and what I was going to do. And I knew that I loved this man, and we decided to get married. Uh, also, I think uh, in that year, we separated and stopped seeing each other entirely. Uh, 
I grew in my faith. And I said to the Lord, I prayed one prayer. What's your name? Hannah. I prayed that prayer one night. I said, Lord, if, if she can find a nice white guy with a Mercedes and nice house and good job, I want her to find, I want her to be happy. I love her that much. That's good. I didn't find, I didn't, I didn't find a nice white guy. See there. Let's be honest, even if you found it, you probably would have gone back to uh, Allen too. And he drove, didn't drive a Mercedes either. He had a Chevy. They drew a Chevy. Or was it a Buick? Yeah. It, felt, it probably felt like a Mercedes. Yeah, though. right. Yeah, that's it good. did. It that's did. good. Alan, as we saw in the video, you eventually did uh, reconcile with your father-in-law. But well, oh, yeah. yeah. Finish, oh. finish your question. Okay, okay. finish your question. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> put a lot of time into this. You did. You you eventually reconciled with your father-in-law, and and. I'm curious, is after that reconciliation happened, was there any kind of anger or malice in your heart that was still there, left over from before, during that 10-year period? Well, first of all, just to give you a little uh, uh, dissect of bitterness and forgiveness, unforgiveness, I felt like he was wrong. He didn't deserve. And, and, and I, was, I was pastoring the church 10 years, and praying and singing and going on. The Lord said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. In Matthew 5, it says, if you're down praying and you were, the only place in the Bible that God says stop praying is that text in Matthew, the fifth chapter of Matthew, when he said, if you're down praying, what's your name? Lexi. Say it again. Lexi. Lexi, if you're down praying, hush. I don't want to hear from you until you go be reconciled with that person you're bitter against. Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> And so I had to deal with vengeance mm. because here I am. I felt like he had the problem. Uh, he did not accept me because of the melanin, which also showed me that there was a deep under, understanding about race. There's not but one race. We all are Homo sapiens. Tell that to somebody. Look at somebody and tell them. Say, you know, you're a homo sapien. <laughs> tell them. Don't look at me. Tell them that. I am I right? Is that true? Man, that really got me. Because although I had every right, God reminded me how much he forgave me. And I could not rest till I called him on the phone. When I called him, he was abrupt. He hung the phone up on me. What's, what's your name? Hannah. Hannah, Hannah. Hannah, you know what he did? <laughs> How I felt? Like a load it lifted from me. Because I had forgiven him. Chris, I'd forgiven him. That's good. From my heart. And it was, I, I felt lighter. What'd you feel like? Say, say again. You said you felt, oh, you felt light. Lighter. Gotcha. Lighter. I thought you Lighter. said I felt like and you were about to go. No. I was no. sitting on the edge of my seat. No. That's good. That's good. Margaret, how long have you two been married now? 
Yeah, but the video was wrong. They said 40, I said 49 years on that. It's old. Uh, 52 years, it'll be. In, in May. In May, it'll be 52 years. We like that. Yeah. Clearly. So 50, 51, almost 52 years. Mm -hmm. You have kids, you have grandkids, you have friends. You've gone through reconciliation of family, and mm -hmm. you have a powerful story. Your family has a powerful story. With all that, what would be some advice you have for our college students here tonight about relationships? Do you mean specifically uh, ethnically or just uh, no. anyway? Anyway. Anyway. Relationships in general. Okay. We'll get to that. Okay. Well, for, for us and, and for what I, I would pass on to you, and I just jotted this down, that um, be sure that your love is as strong as your commitment. Say that again. <laughs> be sure that your love is as strong as your commitment. You have to think about that a little bit. Um, the other thing I would I would suggest, if you were going to get married, that you need to know: Can he or she pray for me when I can't pray for myself? Because there are times when you can be so down. You know, it was a tough time when my parents. Um, wouldn't have anything to do with me. My family, my sister and brother were told that uh, I, they couldn't mention my name in, in the house. My parents got rid of all my stuff. I had some really good papers I'd written in college. <laughs> they got rid of all those. And, and, um, but my sister and brother said it was as if someone had died. And um, so that that was very hurtful, and that, that was a tough time for me. But one thing that, that my husband could do was to pray for me when I really couldn't pray for myself, when I questioned God, how could, how could someone who, who raised me and, and loved me and, and we were a tight family, how could they do this? How could they turn their back on me? So I, I was hurt. But my husband could pray for me when I couldn't pray for myself. And there have been times when I've had to pray for him when he couldn't pray oh, for himself. One of the things I, I, I uh, am aware of, I met with a group of women the other few months ago, and, and one woman was going through a difficult time with her spouse. And, and I said, well, how is your prayer life? And, and she said, oh, we don't. We don't pray. We don't pray. He's he's a little embarrassed about praying, and and I thought to myself, you know, don't I don't want that to be part of my story. You've got to be able to pray, and I I would pray that for you that you'd be able to pray. The other thing I would I would say, uh, uh, that you really seek God's. God's will regarding it. That's, that's the other piece that I think I didn't say a lot about. But I, uh, Margaret has been uh, an incredible wife and friend and mother. 
And I, 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 knew, I knew I needed someone who had a strong faith. The other thing that I think we decided early on, and I think it's really important, if you're talking about a serious relationship like marriage, is what I said, what is your name? Emily. Emily. I said to Margaret, I said, if you leave me, girl, I'm going with you. <laughs> And let me say this to you. There have been times. There have been times. I've had to re re remember those words. Emily. There you go. There you go. I'm adding a question, and it, I think you guys can answer it. It's what we've used this word reconciliation. What does that mean? What does reconciliation mean? Well, reconciliation is a process. Um, there are lots of, lots of things that you have to go through before you can get to reconciliation in relationships. There's sometimes there's bitterness, there's anger, there's hurt. There's the feeling of vengeance. Um, you've got to break through all those layers in order to get to reconciliation. Um, we have been reconciled to God and I can't but I have to be reconciled to, to you, to other people, to my parents. You, you know, uh, uh, sometimes reconciliation is confused with forgiveness. Let me help you with this. What I've come to understand is that, that forgiveness and bitterness is, takes one person. My struggle was ex, 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 acknowledging forgiving my father as opposed to giving him vengeance. So I had to forgive him in my heart. That's why I hear people say to children when they're fighting, says, oh, kiss and make up. No, I think I think if somebody has hurt you, you can't deny that. And I think when you look at the broad spectrum of things that are happening in our society today, there are some, there are some very definite times when forgiveness just simply is impossible. But only as you remember that forgiveness is a decision that happens within you. Reconciliation is another whole phase. Reconciliation takes two people. The other thing I think is important to, about uh, forgiveness is sometimes people are afraid to forgive because they think they're going to have to be friends with that person or like them. And what I think I had to really come to grips with is although my father was doing all the stuff, father-in-law was all the stuff as a white male, with the 300 years of, you know, I'm an African-American. You probably know that by now. You can laugh. It's okay. <laughs> and I say that because I'm in touch with that, and so I'm feeling justified. So I had to come to grips with my own 
vengeance. And I'll say this to you. We now know that unforgiveness destroys, uh, attacks the, the nervous system, the immune system, high blood pressure. We're even now hearing that some cancers may be the result of people holding bitterness. And so I had to really come to grips with that. Then when, so that I asked his forgiveness, not that he would grab me and hug me and kiss me on the cheek, but I had to have the peace of God in me. So I was the one that benefited by my acknowledging forgiveness. Quickly, uh, the 15th chapter or 18th chapter of Matthew, there's a great story in there about Peter comes to Jesus. He says, Jesus, let me just put it in contemporary terms, said, Jesus, he said, yeah, what you want? He said, how many times you have to forgive folks that hurt you? Really? Jesus said, seven times 70. Peter said, what? <laughs> you got to be crazy. So then Jesus tells him a parable. Whenever Jesus uses a parable, it's to make clear a spiritual truth. It's not to spice up the, the story or the message, the lesson. And what he tells him, he tells him about this fella who uh, he owed this guy a great debt, a million dollars. And the fella who he owed to, he went to him and fell on his knees. What's your name? Justin. He, Jackson. Jackson? Oh, okay. Jackson, he told him, he said, Forgive me, have mercy on me. And you know what he did, Jack? You know what the man did? He forgave him every dollar. Let me get somebody else. Precious, or what's your name? Sarah. 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 So the other, when he gets freed from this debt, he sees a fellow that owed him $10, Chris. Yep. He said, Give me my money now. What you mean? said, I want my money right now. I'm going to put you in jail because that was, of course, the, what happened. If you didn't pay a debt, you got in prison. And so the guy fell on his knees just like he did to the, the fellow before, uh, the ruler, and he, and he said, would you forgive me, my debt? He said, no way. And had the guy put in jail. And the other servants heard about this and went and told, told the, the, the ruler, said, you know what he did, Emily? He, after you gave him, forgave him all of that, he didn't forgive a person who owed him a fraction. And the interesting thing in this, in this parable, now, in the parable, the, the ruler is, is God. That's the, 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 person, the, the character. And so when he heard about him, he was so angry he had the man put into, he said, have him tormented. And I, I thought that tormented, tormented in my exegesis and looking at the text, I thought it meant hell. But you know what it means? It means when you don't forgive somebody, you are ever tormented. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And so, uh, Emily, Right, okay. <laughs> that is why I think it's so critical to have forgiveness 
the uh, book that uh, the South African wrote said, without forgiveness, there's no future. Come on. When we think about reconciliation, a big thing is amongst the different races, you said there's one race, Homo sapiens, mm -hmm. but clearly there's some divides uh -huh. within it. Why do you think diverse relationships are important? Say that last part again. Why do you think diverse relationships are important? Mark, why don't you look at that? You gave me the hard one, huh? <laughs> I think the thing that's really important um, are genuine relationships. Reciprocal relationships are important. Genuine relationships are important. Caring and supportive relationships are important. Race and culture should not keep us apart. I, I just believe that very, very, very strongly. And it has to be intentional. It has to be genuine. It has. To, it can't be. Um, what's the word I was trying to think of today? Uh, patronizing. Yes, can't be patronizing. Has to be real. Has to be real. Mm, that's good. Uh, I note an obvious difference in the human family. Some are serious, and some thrive on comedy. Some declare their lives are lived a true profundity, and others claim that they really live the really reality. The variety of our, of our skin's tones can confuse, bemuse, delight, brown and pink and beige and purple, tan and blue and white. I've sailed upon the seven seas and stopped in every land, I've seen the wonders of the world, not yet one common man. I know 10,000 women called Jane and Mary Jane, but I've not seen any two who really were the same. A mere twins are different, although their features, their features jibe, and lovers think quite different thoughts while lying side by side. We love and, and lose in, in China. We weep on, on England's moors and laugh and moan in Guyana and thrive on Spanish shores. We seek the success in Finland, are born and die in Maine. In minor ways, we're different. In major, Finish it. We're the same. I note the obvious difference between each sort and type, but we are more alike, my friends, than we are. Tell me. Unalike. We are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. I really feel this, this is by my Angelou. Yeah, I was about to say, don't, don't, don't take credit for it. Yeah, oh, no, 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 <laughs> I wouldn't dare. Uh, another, uh, another piece that I think is every, it should be in everyone's library is The Strength to Love by, by uh, Martin Luther King. It, it's, you've got to read 
that because what the premise that he, he based it on is that there's, see, racism is the, is the villain. It, it is a social construct. We are all homo sapiens. We can share blood, plasma, organs, Chinese, Japanese, Africans, because we all are one species. And what racism does is it says, no, no, we're not all the same. Look at you with your dark self. And that's the, the point that Black Matters is really getting at, is that Black Lives Matter also. And when, you, when that becomes deeply, how can I say this? When you feel it so strong, that you must. In fact, the scriptures say that we are, we are compelled. I think you must be intentional. I think you should uh, uh, make every attempt to get to know different people, to, to build friendships and relationships. I think another very critical thing is that you need to know about each other's history and culture. Margaret and I, as you probably can tell, we're, I got the most melanin in the house. Yeah, you can laugh at that. <laughs> and the other difference is, her parents are from England and, and, and Isle of Man. My, my parents are probably from uh, West Africa. Uh, but what we have learned is that although we have these differences, we are more alike, Emily, <laughs> than we are alike. That's good. That's good. So now for everyone who's heard your story, what would be some action steps um, that you would give to people that might be inspired to do something or make a change in their lives? What would be some action steps or some practical takeaways from tonight? Margaret. I think what, what, what my husband said about being intentional, about seeking out uh, different different um, churches, different things that, you, that people do. But I, one thing I've noticed that there are some churches that can be uh, multi-generational, uh, multi-ethnic, but if nothing happens between Sunday services, if you don't get together, then uh, you're just a church that just happens to be multi-ethnic and multi-whatever else, but there are no real relationships. We um, belong to a group in our church, which is called a connect group. That We have many, many different uh, multi generational groups and um, that's probably the richest time in our Christian walk right now is meeting with people who are different than we are could you say something about uh, that that song is that yeah, we, got a, we got a song we got a little song should be coming
Here it comes. Yeah. It's good. Have you ever heard this song before? $5 gift card to Starbucks to anybody who knows who sings that song. Oh, Noel. <laughs> All right, I said it. <laughs> I said it. Go ahead on, Noel. Noel, that's cheating. That's all right, I'll give it to you. All uh, right, give it to five dollars. I man. said I would. I, I'll watch it for you. I should have quantified <laughs> a student, any student, but now y'all know. So we would say, do you know uh, where you're going to. I mean, that's not grammatically correct, but do you know? <laughs> and do you like the things that life is showing you? And if you don't, do something about it. Do something about it. That's good. Um, I'm reminded of an incident that happened about six months ago. Uh, we live in a intentionally multi-ethnic community, New Holly. And uh, I try to keep my house nice. I have a little ground cover. It's nice, got little purple flowers and stuff. I just keep it real nice. So my neighbor who bought his house about the same time uh, I did, what is your name again? Lexi. Lexi. Lexi, he brings his dog over to my yard and the dog, I'm driving up to my driveway. He has a dog do his business. This is a big troop. I walk in my yard, standing in the middle of my ground cover and his dog. I drove up and I said to him, sir, I, I, I don't, I, there are plenty of places you could take your dog to. Why my yard? He started cussing me out. Lexi, he called me anything but a child of God. <laughs> where's Sarah? Sarah, where's Sarah? Sarah, Sarah. I know there's a few over here, probably. Sarah, my mind went back. I like to broke a guy's neck with my right fist. I was thinking about where I was going to hit him <laughs> to hurt him the most. And the Holy Spirit said to me, love him. Love him. Sarah, you know what I did? I love the hell out of him. <laughs> I want to say this. The greatest antidote against hatred and bitterness is L-O-V-E. There you go. This, this is my very last question, and I'm, I'm going to ask you, one of you to pray for us. But I think, I think we'd, we'd be curious. What's your favorite thing about each other? 
Okay. I'll go for it. <laughs> there are just tons of things that I, I love about my husband. But the things that stand out um, as, as we've been talking about this today and, and just over time, I feel cared for, I feel respected, I feel loved. And, and I guess physically, the thing that I just, I love about him are his arms. <laughs> Shucks! <laughs> Y'all heard that, didn't you? <laughs> When I'm when I'm down or whatever, and he just puts his arms around me, it just feels so good. Hey, there are many fellas, things. Fellas, start doing those curls. <laughs> <laughs> These are just to mention a few. Okay. Margaret is a great listener. I've learned an incredible amount of how to listen better. I think. It, Margaret has really helped me put into practice what my mother told me. She said, boy, God give you one mouth and two ears to listen twice as much as you talk. <clears throat> doesn't and, always work. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't catch that. She said it doesn't always work. So. Compassionate, resilient, courage. I'm talking to you, right? And them green eyes. Shucks. And the thing that I really uh, uh, admire m most, probably next to the, the wife she is, is the mother she is. We have four children, 13 grandchildren, one great-grandchild. And Margaret has been, your mother would have been proud of you. I mean, I, I think back to meeting her mom. And one of the things that I, I realized in her mom, I said, if she could, she was about, I guess about 45 or so when I met her. And I said, if, if she's going to be like that, I want to marry her. If she's going to be like her mama. And, and she just listened. Uh, it's been an incredible mother and parent to all four of my children through all kinds of issues. She's, they're, they're, all, they're black and white. Uh, the doctor said that children... Uh, take the best from both of us. I, they look so good and they're so fine. I want all of mine back. <laughs> how good looking is your, your youngest son? Pardon? So how good looking is your youngest son? Answer that. He looks just like Chris. Come on. <laughs> it's good. It's good. We'll end with that. <laughs> Would one, of, would one of you be willing to pray for us tonight? I will. Awesome. Would you all bow your heads as Margaret prays for us? And I, I just, can I just add one thing? You can. My father and I were reconciled to the point where in the last six oh, yeah. months of his life, I took care of him. Um, so we came full circle. So that's the essence of our story. Mm. The, Not, yeah. That's reconciliation. Not just that. Alan. Didn't you you perform the funeral? Yes, I yes. did his funeral, her and mother's funeral, my mother's. her uncle's funeral, and her grandmother, who was probably the most strongly racist of the, uh, she at, she wanted me to do her funeral. Come on, I've done 
five weddings, uh, uh, and uh, when the highest, I think about reconciliation, Art was his name. Art, when his wife passed, she asked me to do the funeral. And let me just one other thing. When we got married 52 years ago, and you know, I was the, I was a pastor, so I was uh, uh, no. When my daughter got married, Elizabeth, she got married. I'm the pastor. I'm doing the service, you know. So you can't necessarily walk the, the your bride down because you're officiating. Guess who walked Margaret down the aisle? Her dad. Love it. That's awesome. Praise God. That's reconciliation. Yes. All right. You got us. Okay. Let's pray. Father, I thank you uh, for your great love for us. I thank you for all the things that you've taught us. I thank you for the love that we feel in this room today, the energy, the love, the just the, the desire to be here. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the lives of these students. And I pray, Father, that as we leave here, that we will not uh, go away from your presence, that your Holy Spirit would just be like a soothing balm in our lives and that you would go before us, that you would go behind us and that you would place your hand of blessing upon us. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.